Hi, welcome to the Deeply Podcast. It's Jack Smith, and today we'll be interviewing the Frozen Cavern. He's a YouTuber, YouTuber who does gameplay videos and review videos of old classic favorite games. Frozen Cavern, welcome to Deep Blue. Thank you for having me here today, as well as any uh, fellow residents that are listening right now. We're going to get to fellow residents because um, want want to know why do you introduce your videos as having my fellow residents? Why why do you do that? Um, it was mainly just a thing that I just like thought up off the top of my head because I know like um when it comes to like doing YouTube or content creation in general people usually name their uh like fans subscribers or followers stuff like that they usually name them something and so I just thought of fellow residents off like the top of my head and it just just kind of fit and it just I kind of just went with it from like then on out so it just feels comfortable to call them that I guess. You started your YouTube channel five years ago and it's now grown to over 4,000 subscribers. Why did you start the YouTube channel to begin with? Um, when it came to like just starting off YouTube, uh, I had looked at a bunch of other YouTubes, well YouTubers uh, during I guess like the 2010s, like early 2010s to about 2013 and uh, it just seemed really fun to be doing that kind of stuff and seeing people being able to go to like uh, certain cons, especially like E3 and stuff like that. And it just seemed really fun to do, get to know uh, some people and just talk about video games in general, because like during that time and still now I'm a big fan of video games. So it just seemed like I could build a bigger connection to that through doing YouTube. And why the name The Frozen Cavern? Um, mainly because uh, I like ice power, so that's one thing. And also, I just thought it sounded cool, and I've just been sticking with that name ever since Like I initially used it. Uh, no, there has not been a change in my name. I know like on a previous channel I had, um, I actually went by a different name, but at some point I just stopped using that channel, so I just have The Frozen Cavern channel now. Your first videos, um, actually, it's good when you mentioned ice, because one of your first videos was a picture of Shadow the Hedgehog with the theme from the Shadow Hedgehog video game over an, an, a level that had ice in it. And I wondered, why did you do videos which was a mashup of different music music to begin with? Um, that was also, like, an initial thing that, like, I watched a lot when it came to YouTube, like, music mashups of video games, and I was always interested in that kind of stuff, and especially when I first started YouTube, I did a lot of different stuff, and I never really had a full grasp of what I wanted to do, um, so I kind of just threw everything into, like, I guess the barrel, quote-unquote, and wanted to see what exactly would stick and what I, like, mainly wanted to do until, like, I had Let's Plays as a main focus for a good period of time. So going through your Let's Plays, there was a wide different range of games, ranging from Mario games to 3D World to Bayonetta. And why did you, after going from music transitioning to gameplay videos, did you decide to do review videos? Um, I mainly went to Let's Play videos because <clears throat> one of the main things that I watched when I was younger was Let's Play videos for a lot of different games, especially like blind playthroughs of games because I always wanted to see like people's initial um, reactions to certain stuff especially like the Sly Cooper series because I really do love that series and seeing people play that is also really enjoyable um, and then I'm 
went over to uh reviews after some time because uh while i was doing like let's plays i ended up doing like one review of uh jack and daxter like the first jack and daxter game and uh that at that time i planned on doing a review for every jack game but i didn't end up doing that so um in 2018 i had moved into college for like my uh first year and at the time i was not comfortable about doing like videos like let's plays in front of other people so uh the issue with that was that for my first year i had a roommate and i wouldn't be able to do let's plays all the time because with how my schedule was most of the time i was uploading at least like about once a day and i would i just wouldn't have had the time to do that so by doing reviews i'd basically be able to do one recording session whenever it came to like doing voiceover and i could usually do that whenever they weren't there um as well as being able to just play games in general and not really have to worry about that too much but another reason for that was because like at the time like let's plays weren't really doing all that good the only ones that ever actually like did good were jack and daxter let's plays and sonic let's plays sometimes but outside of that, they didn't usually do like too well. So I went to reviews to try that, especially since after the Jack one review, it seemed like people actually did enjoy that. So I decided to move on to uh, license based games because I played those a lot in my childhood. And I figured, nah, why not? Let's see what happens. In your gameplay reviews, and you mentioned because you were sharing a room that you couldn't really video yourself while playing the games. And in your review videos, you have a avatar that you use to that you speak through so why did you decide to have it so why decide to have an avatar for your review videos as i would have thought that would be a bit more flexible versus playing a game for an hour and somebody just walking in um when it came to like using that avatar when i changed over to doing uh reviews i was like really getting into danganronpa and uh the character that i i use is from the second game so that character is also my favorite character from that game so i decided i will use uh that character because he has a lot of different expressions because the game is a visual novel so the characters will have a fair amount of different uh pngs that are useful for showing various expressions and i can use that for thumbnails and also just uh quote-unquote filler moments in uh reviews so it kind of just works out there for that other than that avatar you also have on your twitter and on your facebook facebook how originally contacted you um kingdom hearts characters is kingdom hearts your favorite video game franchise that's what content i've seen seen the most on your channel i would say that it is at the very least one of my favorite ones yes i've played every single game i've kept up to date with uh the kingdom hearts series uh ever since like 2013 especially when kingdom hearts 3 was announced and i've been keeping up to date with the series in terms of like new upcoming stuff ever since then and uh at the time when i did let's plays i was kind of using roxas more as a um avatar at the time so when it came to like pretty much my other social medias I just haven't changed those yet so I probably should do that at some point but uh I've just been using Roxas at that point because 
Roxas is my favorite Kingdom Hearts character. So I got into Kingdom Hearts because around 2013 is when I first bought PlayStation 3. I went into CEX, which is a local game store in Portsmouth, where I'm located in the UK. And I bought the um, Kingdom Hearts Collection 2.5, and that's how I got into the first two games. And they announced Kingdom Hearts 3 was around 2013. And I think it took six years for me thinking, oh, this is going to come out next year or so. Six years from announcement to release, and I was really annoyed by that. It way too early. Yeah, it was paying attention to Kingdom Hearts 3's development throughout that entire period was a big ride because there were some years where like we barely got any form of information about the game. And I remember like they had to like completely switch engines at some point because they were having difficulty. So they pretty much had to remake the whole game from like scratch at one point. And that was definitely a worrying time. But uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 as an end result is a lot better than like the uh, build up to it made it seem like it would have been. So I'm happy about that. We also got a game in between starring Aqua and the, um, there was also a re-release. So the upgrade graphics of um, Green Drop Distance. So I suppose that would also have been a re delay working on two projects. Uh, yeah, I remember that um, the Aqua stuff was initially supposed to be in uh kh3 but they decided to essentially release it in that um collection as like i guess quote unquote a demo of how kingdom Hearts 3 would have been at that point in time so like it was just a test to see like okay this is what works for like our audience this is what doesn't work this is what we could expand upon and stuff like that so i guess that's also a really good I guess, establishing point of how people felt about uh, the gameplay at the time and how they could develop it. Do you know there's anywhere to go for Kingdom Hearts? Because after 3, it doesn't feel like there's anything else to expand upon. I don't expect to see Sora again. Do you think they'll go into other franchises? Or do you think there's anything else for the, for the franchise in the future? Uh, there, there's definitely a lot of extra stuff because Remind expands upon uh, a lot of stuff. And they're definitely going to be building on more of like the alternate reality slash alternate universe that they've essentially built into uh, the series now. But in terms of exactly where the series is going, we we actually pretty much don't know. It's somewhat of a similar situation as KH3, but I figure that KH3, we actually have a lot more of an idea because it's still in the same universe for that case. But in terms of uh, after that, we're dealing with a completely different universe at this point so it's a lot harder to actually judge that oh, i suppose where the next priorities will be um, um final fantasy 7 because i think that's going to be three different parts i believe yeah the uh final fantasy 7 remake part two i know they're doing final fantasy 16 right now and uh as well as like the upcoming kingdom hearts titles and i know that for like for the most part for the rest of the year they don't really plan on having like any big announcements i know that uh their mobile game dark road is still supposed to be being updated but like outside of that they're not really planning on doing much for the remainder of this year uh, going back to your youtube channel when you started doing review videos the first one you started with i spotted was over the hedge and then you moved to the video which i which you got into your content, then 10% reverb, which was con which were games that I played when I was little. Why did you decide to, as your channel went on, to do Ben 10, Avatar, Bakugan, and other tie-in games? Um, when it came to like the initial like over the hedge one, that was like a major one that I had for my childhood. So I just decided to do that one first. And when it came to like the earlier 
uh videos those were mainly the games that i played and then i expanded on to other games that i haven't played before in my childhood and now there's there's still a mix between some games that i played before and uh a fair amount that i haven't but uh when it came to like just picking and choosing whichever ones initially again it was ones that i have played before but then it uh somewhat kind of goes on to like okay uh is there any form of like anniversaries coming up? Like I remember for the Etta Nettie one, that again was a game that I played in my childhood, but the anniversary was coming up. So I wanted to try and like do uh, that game at the time. And I remember for that, like I was able to do everything within like three days because the game is actually like really short compared to most of the other games that I do. But uh, I was able to do that game in time for the actual anniversary of that. So it's mainly just... uh going off of shows that I've also watched when I was younger and as well as movies too, because uh, tying games are based off of pretty much anything, but uh, it's just a matter of what did I watch in my past and uh, how does that correspond to the games as well. So when you see, the, when I see back on with you, Ben 10, Avatar, Generator X, these are all shows you've seen previously or you didn't watch a few episodes of the show and then decide to do the review because that was the content you're focusing on for your audience. Uh, for the most part is stuff that I have watched before, but whenever it comes to like stuff that I haven't watched before, like with Generator Rex, what I did for that was because I hadn't watched the show at that point. So I decided to watch the entirety of that show before actually like going into the game. So I would actually have an idea of like what I'm getting into and how to I guess, reference the game back to the source material so that I would know what I'm talking about for the most part. I which I never actually watched Generator X myself. I did have the video game and um, I did see the special on TV that Aaron Castle Network years ago, which had the Ben 10 crossover. And I noticed you were playing it on the Wii. And yes, I can agree with you in your review video. The, the version was just an absolute nightmare to deal with. Yeah, and that's definitely one thing I've like learned a lot about when it comes to doing these is that... E even just tying games isn't like exclusive to like having major version differences because like I think the first time I really noticed that was like the Toy Story 3 review which was actually right after that and people were bringing up how like the PC version and I think the Wii version were like vastly inferior to the Xbox and PS3 versions because the toy box mode was just a lot less, which was actually surprising to me because I grew up with the PS3 version, which had the most amount of content available, whereas other people grew up with uh, the PC and Wii version, which had the least amount of content available. Yeah, well, I've, in your Ben 10 Bill Gas Attacks video, um, Avatar, The Burning Earth, you did state that the PS2 versions were really inferior. So have you finally gone Xbox 360 for how many older games? Um, As of right now, the only like Xbox game that I've done, well, actually, there's a few Xbox games that I've done at this point, but um, Madagascar Karts was one. Ben 10 Cosmic Destruction was another one. Uh, I believe Meet the Robinsons was also a 360 game, but uh, having a 360 now will actually open up a lot more opportunities for any games that are exclusive to the Xbox 360, but that doesn't really happen too often. But in case the Xbox 360 version is better, hopefully I can get that version as opposed to like the PS3 version. 
if need be, but sometimes that might not matter. Other times it actually will matter a fair amount, but for the most part, it seems like it would just be fine just in case I would need it. Is that all the, all the games you mentioned outside of Burning Earth and Ben 10 games back on, for me, it was all on the Wii. Never, I didn't actually own a 360 probably until 2012. So um, yeah, I dealt with um, all Grand all in my favorite games. Turns out they were inferior qualities. Yeah, and that is something that happens a lot. Usually, like, I believe the Nintendo versions are usually like, the lesser versions or at least they tend to be that way i think one of the few cases where that's not the case is like creature from the crutzy crab which is like my most recent review but like each version had like some weird thing about them anyway so that you can take with a grain of salt to play on a different console because the motion controls make the racing segments with spongebob a lot harder so i for that one game i would actually sacrifice it to graphics because it just makes it easier to control yeah. So, um, um, the when we go back to Generator Rex, um, I noticed there's some beginning of some of your review videos. There's you, there's a shadow, a shadow version of you, and there's a nanite, and there's a storyline there. What's, I, what, what, why did you start by starting your own story of your character and references to Generator Rex? When it comes to like some other YouTubers, not every YouTuber does this, of course, but um, some YouTubers with their series will have some form of like underlying story between their uh episodes and i wanted to try and do something like that and uh having the whole multi yeah, multi-dimensional thing tie in with the like universes that i'm also talking about like for uh the ben 10 and generator rex universe and other uh series that i've talked about i feel like i can use that heavily to my advantage to actually like bring more of a unique spin on like some of the story elements that I'm using and I'm wanting to still develop that stuff now because like there was a time where like within the last year where I kind of just forgot to keep updating it and it's also because like when it comes to certain uh reviews they can already be pretty long so adding that stuff onto those videos can make them even longer and I want to try and avoid doing that because like with uh Madagascar Escape to Af uh, Africa that review was like almost 30 minutes. And that's also because I added that uh, extra stuff in. So it just becomes a little bit of like, okay, how do I pick which game to actually add stuff into? Because at some point, I don't want like a video that's already 20 minutes to end up being like almost 30. You don't just do um, old videos. You recently or a few months ago, you did a newer video, which was um, SpongeBob Creek, no, not SpongeBob Creek Plus Cat. SpongeBob, Bikini Bottom, Rehydrates, which was the remake. Why did you decide to go with the remake versus the original? Um, I mainly wanted to go with the remake because at the time, like, uh, people were asking me to do a uh, battle for Bikini Bottom, anyways, and then the remake actually got announced. So I was just like, okay, well, I'll do the remake because I'll already have knowledge of uh the previous version, and then I can just expand upon that with the uh new version and i can explain pretty much everything there and how some things are better how some things are worse and normally anyone who's viewing the uh rehydrator review has more than likely already played the original version so when you're doing your videos i want to get on to editing but before that the presentation the good the bad the ugly why did you decide to do your videos that way um i mainly wanted to do that just to have like some form of like formula of how i uh proceed like going through a game like just having separate categories for things story and presentation are usually their own thing and then uh, the good, bad, and ugly are usually based on 
uh, gameplay elements on and what works and what doesn't and stuff like that. And whenever it comes to doing like the title card for those i'll usually try to put some form of like reference for them but that doesn't exactly happen all the time but uh the color of it could end up being one like for scooby-doo the color of <clears throat> the title cards are the color of the mystery machine so that's one way and then another way is typically by what characters are usually up there like for the monsters inc scream arena one the presentation i have there has mike wazowski's like eye covered by the words and that's a very running gag within the monsters inc series so i wanted to try and implement that into the video as well and i might actually try and keep that trend running anytime I do another Monsters Inc. game. Is that why you decided rather than have bad and ugly together, ugly could be less about storyline but more about graphics and oh, this is how they decided to design this level this way? Was that the reason? Um, whenever it comes to ugly, like that's kind of a mix of good and bad where it's like, okay, there's like something that's like really good, but there's also something that's really bad about it. And I'm not normally able to put that into like the good or bad categories. Like I remember for, again, Madagascar Escape to Africa, um, when it came to like the whole um, like collection of the monkeys for that game, there were so many aspects that were like, okay, this is good, but also this is bad, but this is also good, but this is also bad. So it was very conflicting. So I was just like, I'm just going to put this there. That That's pretty much like the most defining characteristic or moment of, of what the ugly is. How long did it take you to make a video other than you pl pl actually playing the game? How long did it take for the editing and then eventually uploading it? Um, it kind of depends on the game because um each game has like their own length to them the shortest game that i have i think the shortest games that i've reviewed so far are about like two hours maybe the occasional like under that but um but the longest game that i've done being kingdom hearts 3 ended up being like 20 hours but it mainly just depends on like uh, the length of the game, number one, because normally they're about four to five hours per, per game. So it's just about that much, just getting the footage alone. And then it's a matter of uh, doing the presentation and uh, thumbnail, which isn't normally that long. They're pretty easy to do. And then in terms of writing a script that can end up taking a fair amount of time because I need to make sure that I actually have valid points for every section. I don't want to have like any section just be completely empty. I want to have at least something for anything, even if it's like one or two lines or something like that. And then uh, I have to like expand on certain stuff because when I'm playing the game, normally what I'll do is that I'll have like certain notes about uh, certain aspects. And then once I'm able to focus mainly on scripting, I'm able to actually focus and write out everything through. And then if any like jokes or anything like that comes off the top of my head, then I'll try to implement those in some way. Uh, and then I have to like voice everything. And again, that also depends on the video, but typically whenever it comes to recording a video, uh, either a third or half of that like video length is usually like uh having to do re-recordings of like certain lines because I'm just like messing up or stuff like that um and then after that I have to edit everything together and that takes a fair amount of time if I'm focusing on it 
like all day, depending on the length of the video, I can do it like usually within two days, but uh, depending on the video, it can take longer than that, especially like if I have other stuff coming up or like I have to focus on other things. Like when I'm in college, I have to focus on college classes. So I do have to like manage my time there. But typically if everything goes like perfectly fine, then it will normally take me about like two weeks to make a video. So how do you decide what clips to use? Because I can imagine if said a game took six hours, you've got six hours worth of footage and you've just got, and you've really got five different hours, a 20 minute video, you've got five minute different segments of characters battling or cutscenes. Does it take a long time to decide, right, I want this little clip there, then I want it to be followed by this clip and so on? Um, it's usually just assigning certain clips to certain like sentences that I'm using because typically whenever it comes to like uh story stuff if I have to actually go in detail about it then I'll just have that stuff typically just be in order of like how the story is being explained and stuff like that or um for gameplay typically I'll be showing like specific mechanics as I'm bringing them up but uh throughout the whole video it's mainly just focusing on like what it is that I'm saying and how the footage that I want uh, to be shown represents what I'm saying accurately. And if I'm not able to do that, usually I'll have that, uh, well, something like that mentioned through text on screen. You mentioned um, if it takes about five, six hours to complete a game, I would have thought the shortest video would have been the Ben 10 PC one because they were just mini games. Was that video quick to produce? Um, whenever it came to that, that's actually like a different series that I like thought of like, bringing up but uh i can actually try and bring that back for pc games with uh youtube shorts because those are like about a minute long and i can have that be that way so i can have uh smaller videos out in the mid uh, meantime while i'm making uh the bigger videos and they still pertain to the content of my channel but uh when it came to that that was a completely new series at the time and then I kind of just never really did much with it but I can try and see what I can do with that in terms of uh the browser games remember there was one pc ben 10 game I can't remember if it was featured in your video but it featured um ben 10 in his video game form when they were I can't remember what it's called, but they were, they were battling robots and that sumo slammer. And um, you, you had to, it was a side scroller, but you had to defeat all the robots. And for PC games that go, that was, a, that was on the Cartoon Network website, around an hour and a half long PC game. So there are some that are decent quality rather than just quick five minutes of how to use up the time. Yeah, some of them are worth going back to. Same thing with like all the other games that I review. Some of the browser games are actually like fairly worth going back to. And I'm glad that that's still in the same vein as the uh like console and handheld games as well how did you end up collaborating with other youtubers you did one recently for spongebob creature the crafty craft with um i remember his what was his name don't um i don't have a nose how did you get into contact with him and do a video together um so the first video i did with him was on his channel for open season and uh initially i like ran into his channel on youtube just looking up like reviews for games that I had already reviewed at the time and like uh I just started watching a few of his videos and I was enjoying the content that he was making so I reached out to him and asked if he wanted to do uh, a collab on his channel and then we came to an agreement on open season and uh the collabs actually take longer to do than 
just a regular video because even though the video length is about the same, we both have to play through the game. We both have to like get down our thoughts about the game. And then uh, both of us have to like do the audio, of course, but then one person has to edit all that together and that can take a long time. And another thing when it comes to doing the collabs is that when I did, um, when I wrote down my thoughts about the game uh, for his uh, channel, uh, I had to try and change up my writing format to work for his videos that I would be easier for him to incorporate that stuff into uh, the video rather than me just writing down my own format. And then it would take longer for him to have to try and reword everything. Um, he didn't necessarily do that for my video. And I don't have a problem with that. That's not even like on him that he just wrote that down, but I was able to have to convert that into the style of my video because whenever it came to me doing videos for his channel, I wanted it to be like, okay, this is still his video. I'm just in it. I don't want it to end up being turned into my video or vice versa, where he's on, uh, he's being featured on my channel, but it feels more like his video than it does feel like mine. So that's like the main thing I wanted to try and do there. But when it came to uh, the collabs on both of those videos, I think if I remember correctly, that both videos took about four months to do because during those times, both of us are still working on our own videos that are still separated from that collab. So we have usually multiple projects working. Well, we're working on multiple projects at the same time to begin with alongside having to work on that collab thing. And then of course, real life stuff happens too. So we have to also balance that out as well. But uh, the collab videos are still fun and rewarding to do. So it all makes it worth it. I can imagine it helps out both of you because he mentioned you to his audience, you mentioned him to your audience. But in terms of actually making the video, did you both play have to play the game? Did you maybe play it online separately or together maybe? And with the recording of the script, was it a case of you being on some sort of Zoom call and recording it together? Or did you say your line, say the next line, say the next line? It was a case of just editing those bits together. Um, whenever it comes to like the collabs, both of us do have to play through the game. So that can end up taking some time because one of us could end up going through the game at a slower pace than the other. But um, in terms of the voicing of the script, usually it's just both of us doing that individually. Like I'd just be recording in like Audacity and I'd voice my lines and then I would give uh, my audio to him for him to uh, edit into the video along with his own voice recordings and footage and stuff like that. Uh, in terms of like communication, we usually uh, either communicated through Twitter DMs or through emailing when it came to like giving uh, the audio and sometimes footage to each other. Are you planning on working together again for any future projects? And are there any other YouTubers you'd like to do videos with? Um, I'd mainly have to like try and keep finding more and more uh, YouTubers to work with because whenever it comes to uh, trying to do collabs with people, typically either uh, like sub count or view count does have like a factor whenever it comes to asking people because uh, for the, I guess, niche that I'm in, uh, there aren't too many people that are doing videos for this stuff 
as often as like me or I don't have a nose uh, is. So trying to find people that are doing reviews for this that are like actually trying to take uh, those videos seriously is a little difficult. And not everyone has to take the uh, same route that I'm doing either because there was like some other reviewer that was actually completely ragging on the over the hedge game. And I find that to be like one of my favorite license-based games and I still enjoyed it. The video was actually hilarious, but it's still like a different style and that's perfectly fine. And it's just a matter of like trying to find what styles work well with you and uh, just trying to find people that actually work within that, I guess, field to begin with. So would I be willing to work with other like YouTubers? Yeah, I actually love to. It's just a matter of like finding those people to work with. When you mentioned the overhead, I've also thought that was such a, I, I played the whole game myself as well. And I thought that was really good game since it was a sequel to the story. And you think all the other good games that came out during the PS2 era, Nowadays, when I think I saw the, one of the most recent Ben 10 releases on modern consoles was really bad, and I just don't see any decent tie-in games anymore. That I don't know whether it's a case of TV just got a smaller market because there's more things like apps and other ways to make revenue, but there's just no really good tie-in games anymore, and the really good games are the, just the big franchise now, the new Spider-Mans, Nintendo's franchises. There's any of the new of the Ben 10s upcoming or stuff like that. Yeah, whenever it comes to like tie-in games, I don't really know what happened to them, but they definitely died out a lot more in recent history than like uh during the PS3, Wii, and like Xbox 360 era and like PS2 era as well. But yeah, whenever it came to like license-based games during that time they actually are like pretty all over the place they're not all like really good or all really bad but whenever it comes to now usually the only ones you ever like hear about are either like the big ones like you said which are typically the marvel ones or they're like really bad ones that are often forgotten about usually like in the month they're announced like there was a new fast and furious game that i believe was on ps4 but that ended up looking like a ps3 game and people kind of just dismissed it like almost a week after it was announced and then there's also like the really like i guess weird is probably the best way to put it but the weird instances of like for instance uh samurai jack ended up getting a game for ps4 and that's like very surprising considering how old the cartoon was and yes it did get a continuation uh in i think it was 2018 I, I might be forgetting the year but i know that i got a continuation at some point and that probably boosted up the want for that but still seeing a game for that coming out in recent history is very surprising and that doesn't happen like very often plus the market was split because i remember it, I, in your country different here it aired on a Actually, I don't think it actually aired in our country, but there was a Blu-ray release, so we did. There was way access to it, but it aired on Adult Swim in your country, not Cartoon Network. So they were trying to go for an older audience, so they didn't even have access to the younger ones. So that market was split. Or, but or maybe I don't know if your country they're still airing your cartoons, but our Cartoon Network here they still air Ben 10, they still air Samurai Jack, anything after 8 p.m. It's just all classic. Um, I know here there's usually like a separate channel, uh, Boomerang that does uh show some of the older cartoons. Like I remember, uh. In my childhood, they ended up showing like uh, Powerpuff Girls on there. I think Dexter's Laboratory was on there as well. But um, a lot of the older stuff was on Boomerang, while more of the newer stuff was on Cartoon Network for us, where uh, I think before, like I really had access to Boomerang at some point, uh, I think it was at like 9 p.m., they started showing Adult Swim, 
but uh outside of that i think that's normally how it's been since then maybe i'm wrong on that but i haven't actually watched cable in forever so we have boomerang as well but they don't show any cartoon network content but the content they've got is well, really, Tom and Jerry or old Garfield cartoons. And we have a separate channel called Pop, which actually used to be really good in the day because it used to air old Pokemons and a series called Digimon Data Squad, which I really like. But nowadays, it's just repeats of old Power Rangers episodes. Hmm. I also remember that Tom and Jerry was on Boomerang as well. So I guess that's a pretty, like, international one. But uh, pretty much all the other stuff I haven't really seen on Boomerang, though. So what is the upcoming games you've got planned? I saw on your Twitter you mentioned Hercules is the next few you're doing. Do you, are you okay sharing what games you plan on doing next? Or uh, Yeah, I can share, like, a few of them. Um, Again, Hercules, but that's already on, like, Patreon. So if you, like, pay any money, you're able to watch that a week ahead of everyone on YouTube. But, um... After that, I plan on doing Benton Galactic Racing because I remember a while ago I said I was going to do that. But when I came over uh, to my college campus, uh, I brought pretty much everything I needed, but enough HDMI cables to actually record stuff. And one thing that comes to recording uh, certain games is that how do I know when I have enough footage? Because normally it's just I'll go like through the story mode and stuff. But when it comes to racing games or fighting games, it's a lot harder to actually like say, okay, I actually do have enough footage for this because those games play very differently than a traditional story just play from beginning to end. So I wanted to make sure I actually had enough footage going into like actually trying to like review and uh, make edits for it. Um, Aside from that, um, I know I'm wanting to do Jojo Wise of Heaven, which is going to happen in December when uh, part six for Jojo uh, starts getting released in terms of its anime. And I'm very excited for that too, because I'm a big Jojo fan. But um, alongside the Ben 10 one, I'm going to be doing Scooby-Doo First Frights during October. Why yeah, it'd be during it? October. Uh, I, saw, I saw the Swamp one, but why did you decide to do the sequel before doing the first reboot of the Scooby-Doo video games? Um, it's mainly because I didn't even know that like First Frights was a thing at that point. So I kind of just did Spooky Swamp and then was like, oh, well, this is going to be a little bit awkward, but I'm probably going to have to be going backwards for this series, even though I really don't tend to do that. Normally, whenever I go through a series, it's usually going forward because that makes sense. But uh, whenever it came to Scooby-Doo, uh, it was also like at the time about 10 years since that game came out and like no other Scooby-Doo game had came out at that time. So that was mainly just really surprising to see that after 10 years, Scooby-Doo still hasn't had another game, even with uh, the way that Scooby-Doo is. It's just constantly, I guess, kind of changing, but still staying the same at the same time. So to not see any new video games for Scooby-Doo was a little bit, like, I guess, just odd. Well, the last thing was in 2015, because I had a game called Lego Dimensions, and I actually did have a starter pack, so an, an expansion pack that came with a level with um, Shaggy and Scooby. So they've been in Lego form, but there's not been a mainline game. But you talk about you doing a um doing the sequel and now you you've done the sequel and now you're going to do the original. There was only two games in that reboot. Use that similar style. The rest in um if you do decide to go for the PS2 version of Scooby Doo, they do sort of use a similar style. So I'd recommend going in order. 
As for the other Scooby-Doo game, which I think was the first, Cyber Chase, you can do that whenever you want because that wasn't connected to the PS2 version. And Cyber Chase was based off a um, TV movie. Okay, I'll have to try and keep that in mind then. It says if you don't want to go backwards, um, I recommend doing the PS2 versions in the order they released because it's all connect, but Cyber Chase wasn't connected, so you can do it whenever you want. Um, one also, I don't know if I can do recommendations, but one game I would recommend, which I played, which was on the PS1, if you're going to be doing Hercules, was um, Aladdin PS1, which featured Jafar's sister trying to get revenge and trying to bring back Jafar from the dead. So I'd recommend that game if it, I don't, if it got released in the US. Uh, maybe it didn't. I'm not entirely sure. But um, I know that there's the Aladdin and Lion King uh, collection on Steam, and that I do have. And I remember someone was asking you to uh, do like the Lion King SNES game. And I believe that's the same game. So uh, if those are the same games, which I'm wanting to imagine they are, then I potentially could. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did do re-release that. Actually, I think even on the SNES, you had brilliant tie-in games in, and the PS2. So now what we've lost. So if those are the upcoming games, and I look forward to the Ben 10 one, because from when I first got the game when I was five years old, called Ben 10 Protector of Earth, from, from 2007 till 2013, there was a Ben 10 game released every single year. There was Protector of Earth, Alien Force 2008, Denville Gax Attacks, Ultimate Alien Cosmic Destruction, the racing game, Omniverse, and Omniverse 2. So every year... That's actually pretty surprising to hear, honestly. But like at the same time, Ben 10 is like really popular. And that's especially the case with like the reviews because uh when I did Protector of Earth, I didn't think that it would have like blown up as much as it has, but like that's now my most famous review. And the Ben 10 series is still like the most uh famous, I guess, game series out of the uh series that I have done so far. But it's just surprising to see so much support for Ben 10. Are you planning on doing Omniverse next after you finish the racing game? Uh yeah, I would end up doing uh omniverse after galactic racing i would just need to make sure that i actually end up watching omniverse first before uh making sure that i play the game i might not need to watch all of it first though because i know there are two omniverse games so i don't know exactly how that's gonna work but Um, maybe omniverse one will come out sooner than i expect i think you'd only have to watch maybe five episodes because the game revolves around um i can't remember the characters because it's so long ago but it features a bounty hunter which you'll get all the knowledge of if you watch the first two episodes of the season and the season final of benton omniverse and then there's a now there's a character called malware who is also the main villain and there's only one episode i think you need to watch about that which features the um i suppose in that series omniverse the 11 year old ben tennyson so i think only five episodes all you need mate Hmm. that's actually pretty surprising i'll i'll still make sure to look at like the release date for the game just to see if like that'll give me a better indication of when to actually like try and start playing it as long as well as the uh airing dates for the omniverse episodes so i can get a better time frame i believe because i got it for um i had both the wii version and the ds version 3ds version but i got a 2ds i got a 3ds in 2012 it came out around October time, and for Ben 10 Omniverse 2, which came out roughly the same same October in 2013, that's only based off two episodes of Ben 10, so that's all you need to watch for Omniverse 2, is just two Ben 10 Omniverse episodes. So what's going to be the end goal of the channel? Is it just going to be doing more game reviews? Do you want to try something different? And with you being in college, I don't know what year you're in or what course you're studying, but you're going to be going out into the world, be doing working a job. 
is there still going to be time to do this channel and produce videos? Um, as of right now, yeah, I'll still try and keep doing as many of these reviews as I can because there are a lot of license-based games out there. Like, there's a lot more than you'd actually think that there is. I remember having like a bunch of conversations with uh, friends about certain games and are like pretty much always surprised to hear that there's a game for uh, whatever franchise I bring up. So there, there's definitely a lot of stuff to work with still. Uh, and like even Ben 10 is still coming out with like new games. I believe another one is uh, in development like right now. So I'll still always have like uh, other games to go to, but uh, as of right now, yeah, I'll, I'll still be able to make videos for like a, a decently long time. If I can um, make some recommendations for the future, the Nicktoons, I don't know if it's a different title in your country, but the Nicktoons and Friends series, which was a crossover between SpongeBob, Danny Phantom, um, Timmy Turner from Very Odd Parents, and Jimmy Neutron. They did four different games for that. Yeah, I, I've played one of them before. It was the, uh, I think it was Attack of the Toy Bots, if that is the name of it. But uh, I can try and do those at some point, especially with the um, Nick All-Stars game coming out, which is also another game I plan on looking at. But um, with that coming around, that would be a really good time to actually start like looking into those games specifically. Another one I'd recommend, and this was, if I had to choose all my favorite games that I had on the PS2, my favorite was one called Fairly Odd Parents Shadow Showdown, which um, is a Fairly Odd Parents PS2 game, and I'd highly recommend it. I'll try and look into that one. I know I have um, Breaking the Rules, and I've heard that that game is actually, like, really bad, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that, I, that game, was, I really did not enjoy it. It was in one level which you had to um, you had to fight germs, and your m main task of the whole level was an hour long. The task of the uh, task of the game, drain the bathtub. That was the whole point of the level. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound very good, especially because, like, whenever it comes to me recording uh, footage, I usually record in hour intervals, so... Yeah, it, I really did not enjoy that game, but Shadow Showdown was a really good game, and the graphics were really good as well for PS2 game. And that is supposed to be getting re-released as well. I remember when they first announced they were doing Spongebob, that they were going to maybe do contemplations of all the old Nick Nicktoon games, but I've not heard a single thing since. Uh, I haven't heard anything about that, actually. Maybe they'll still do that, but I, I kind of have my doubts about it, but... They weren't going to do even then... TV, so it was just going to be just quick ports. Also, no, there was another one. It was um, it's one called um. There's a PS2 game of Rugrats, which is really good. I played a lot with my sister. Which the whole point of the game is Tommy's dad has an invention that sort of becomes sort of you go inside something to a TARDIS, but you've got an area where there's dinosaurs, area where there's you're in the mountains of snow, areas where you're in space, and the whole point is to get batteries which will power the machine to go up to the next level to get to new levels and eventually save all the toddlers some different toys. So he's stolen Chucky's worm, he's stolen Tommy's teddy bear. And that's one I'd recommend as well. I'll, I'll try and get to like Rugrats at some point, but I think that one might actually be a little bit harder to get to, but I can see what I can do for that. I don't even mention it because Rugrats is getting a reboot soon, so it might be a good, good time to uh, do the review because while there'll be a lot of people looking around Rugrats content. That is true, actually. So um, I want to come to my final question, which is what advice would you give the listeners to start their own YouTube channel? Let's say they love video games, they love your content, they'd like to do something similar. What advice would you give them? Um, I know one thing is like, I remember like an IRL friend, like tried asking me like uh, how to deal with like audio editing and having to deal with uh, your voice. Um, that feeling of like not liking your voice does not go away. You have to just learn to just accept that because 
pretty much everyone that I've like talked to that does content creation has at least some moment of similar feeling to that. So uh, it's mainly just a feeling of like getting past that and then you'll be able to do that stuff because you, you, when you do this, you have to really get used to hearing your voice a lot and hearing a lot of the same lines because typically you'll have to like edit that kind of stuff out. But um, mainly also look at other content creators for like inspiration, I guess, because that's a very good thing to do because you can end up using uh, that form of stuff and then uh, treating that as inspiration for your own work. And like even I've done that, yeah, done that to some extent. Uh, when it came to my channel as a whole so don't be afraid to like try and use other people as inspiration for uh your videos like at all just try and see what works and if something works and you're comfortable with it and it's fun for you then you could just do that i tapped on one of your videos today and i start i'm starting to get adverts so have the videos now become profitable and if so if they got to a certain amount of viewers would you consider obviously you'd have to still do the scripts and play the game but would you consider outsourcing the editing if it got to the point where you're making money to be able to pay the editor and that way you can turn out faster. Um, I'd probably still end up doing the editing myself because I I've gotten into like a fairly good idea of like how I want uh, the videos to be. I know like what footage to put at a certain moment. And because I've played the game myself, typically I'll remember like certain moments in particular and those will be useful for uh, being able to be edited in whatever video. So uh, once it does end up becoming more profitable, I still probably still do the editing myself. Rising Kevin, thanks for joining Deep Blue. Thank you for having me, uh, Jack Smith. And you can, for all the listeners, you can find Frozen Kevin's content on his, on his YouTube channel, which is surprisingly up to call the Frozen Kevin. You can also find his video links on Facebook and you can also follow him on Twitter. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you for listening to Deep Blue Podcast. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Links in the description. If there's anyone you'd like me to have on, feel free to drop me an email. You can also watch the interview on YouTube and see clips of topics we discuss. Next week, I'll be diving into conversation with Charlie Douglas, who is a conservative activist in Portsmouth who stood in the 2021 local elections. See you then.